We are learning the Sikha on the Parshat Hazinu, it's Parshat Hazinu and its connection to Shabbos Shuva, and that is in Chelek Chavdalit and Lukote Sichais. And in this Sikha, we will learn what is the essence of the Shira of the Song of Hazinu, as the Parsha is called, what is its connection to the time of the year that it is read specifically to the time of the year that it is read, as it is read this year, very often it is read in the Shabbos between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. What is the connection to Tshuva? What is its connection to the whole Torah? What is its connection to the essence of what the Jewish people are? So if we read the Shira, we see that in the Shira there is encapsulated the entire story of the Jewish people from the moment before we were actually people from the moment Hashem created the world and his plan was to choose B'nai Yisrael as his nation to the different experiences we had from the very beginning, all the good things that happened to us, all the things that seemed to be tragedy and punishment. It is really a story of rebuke and it is really supposed to lead a Jew to the tshuva and ultimately it climaxes in the coming of Mashiach and we will see that the purpose of the whole parsha and everything in it is something that leads to Mashiach. And then we will also explain why this is found in the 32nd Perik, in the 32nd chapter of Chumash Dvarim, and also what is its connection to the 32nd chapter of Tanya, 32 being Lev, Lev being the heart. So this is really the heart of the Torah, like the Perik Lamed Beis of Tanya is the heart of the written Torah of Hasidus. So we know that the Levim in the Beis Hamikdash had the task of singing certain songs in the Beis Hamikdash when different offerings were offered up on the Mizbeach. And the Rambam writes that when it came to the Karban Musaf of Shabbos, the Levim would recite or sing the Shira of Hazinu and it was split up into six sections. Now we know when we read the Torah, the Parsha is split up into six sections, and then a seventh section is split up into seven sections, and in this particular Parsha, the first six represent the Shira of Hazinu, which is then followed by the final part, and the Rambam writes that the Parsha of Hazinu is split into the six sections, Haziv Loch, Haziv Loch representing the letters Hey, Zion, Yud, Vav, Lamed, and Chof, meaning that how do we break the Parsha into six, to the six Aliyos, when people get called up to the Torah. So the first Psukim are read until we get to the letter Zion. The Pasuk begins with Zion, that's the second section, and when the Pasuk begins with the letter Yud, that's the third section, and so on. And the Rampam says this is the same way that the Torah is read in six parts in the Beis HaKnesses in the Shul. So we have to understand what is the theme of the Shira of Hazinu. And if we look at it, at least in the literal meaning of the Psukim, we see that it is really Tochocha. The theme of it is not, does not seem to be so joyous like a Shir, a song would represent but rather rebuke to the Jewish people because even though it starts out with blessing, we learn about all the things that we did that we should not have done and we get serious rebuke for it and we learn of terrible consequences that will take place and did take place in our history. And actually, 
the Rambam writes in the laws of Tefillah that whoever is called up to read the Torah, the way the aliyos in the Torah are, so every aliyah begins with something good and concludes with something good, but if we go through the different parts of the Shira of Hazinu, the way we traditionally know it was divided up way, way back, so when we see each portion, we see that many of them, all of them contain tochacha, but or most of them, and many of them do not have much of anything else other than rebuke, and it does not seem to be a shira. And why is it that this is how we read it? Why do we divide it according to these sections? Because this is rebuke, and what's the purpose of rebuke, of rebuking the people? The purpose of rebuking the people is to get them to repent, to return to Hashem, to do tshuva. Now everybody knows, at least at what appears to be on the surface, that Tochacha rebuke and Shira song are two completely different things. Not only are they different things, but they seem to be completely opposites. We all know that Tochacha is a matter of seriousness, earnestness, taking things to heart. It's a thing, a thing of being bitter about what one has done wrong and making all kinds of decisions of making it right. And it comes along with hard work and it comes along many times with tears, whereas Shira is all about joy, happiness, and does not indicate in any way rebuke. Now, it's who calls this Parsha a Shira? It's not that somebody decided to call it a Shira because it's written in the style of a Shira, but the Torah itself calls it Hazinu. As we learn, Hashem told Moshe to write as Divrei Hashira Hazos. And every year should write Divrei Hashira Hazos. We learned this in the previous parsha. It ends with the fact that we have a command to write down this Shira. And this Shira is the Shira of Hazinu, which follows directly after the parsha of Ayelach. And the Ramban writes, why is it called a Shira? Because the Jewish people always say it with song and with music. And it's written as a Shira. Because we know that when songs are written, when poetry songs are written, there are certain pauses in certain places in the melody that are indicated in the way the words are put into the psukim and how, where we pause and where we continue. And this is all part of creating this tune, this music that these words were sung to. It's also understandable that we, will, we cannot just say that this is called a shira because it's written in the style of a shir. We have many other shiros that were said, many other songs that were said in the Beis HaMikdash when the Karbanos were brought, and many of them are not called shira, but we know for a fact that certain ones were selected psukim, and they were all about praising Hashem, and we're all quite familiar with the Shir Shalyom. We all know that the Leviim would sing the song of the day, and in the songs of the day, we always praise Hashem, and we're going to talk more about this as we go through these songs and see how they, par- how they parallel the Shira of Hazinu. And we also know that there was a special song that was sung on Shabbos when the Karban Mincha was brought up on Shabbos afternoon, and we know about Oz Yashir, and we know many verses from the Torah that relate to song. But this Shira is not called song, it's called Hashira Hazos, and Rashi says what is meant by Hashira Hazos, this song, 
that this is a song of praise. And this is one of the ten songs that we are taught are to be said in this world, thanking Hashem for all the glorious things He did for us, all the miracles He performed from us. And this is one of them. And they all rep, or Mizmar Shirley Yom HaShabbos, or other ones that we have. And we know that Adam HaRishon sang a song to Hashem when he was created, when Shabbos appeared. Some say it's the Shirak Lukhonaranana, and Shabbos was there to protect him. And we know that it's counted as one of the songs. And the tenth Shira will be the Shir Chadash, the new song that we very soon will sing in Mirza Hashem when we leave the Golis. So we have to try to understand what this is. Now, if we try to understand in a general way, why is this Parsha written as a song? So we can understand this based on what the Ramban says. The Ramban, at the end of this week's Parsha, says a very, very interesting thing and shows us how this Shira, this song, encapsulates everything about the Jewish people from the very beginning until the very end. And these are his words, he says, among what he writes. The words he writes, Hashira Hazos. This Shira is Haftacha Mibu Eres Bigaula Hasida. He shows that this Shira is not only about praises to Hashem, but it's Haftacha, a promise, Mibu Eres, clearly explained regarding the future Geula. And this is what he talks about when he comments at the end. He also says a similar thing in the beginning of the Parsha. But being that we were not commanded to say, the whole Shira of Hazinu, when they brought the Karban Musaf every Shabbos. Is that what they did? We just learned in the Rambam when we started the Sikha that it was divided, the Gemara says, and the Rambam into six parts. And one week they sang the first part, which would correspond to the first Aliyah, the next week the second part, and when they got to the sixth week they sang the sixth part, and then they would start all over again in the week that followed. So to sing this Shira. So now we have to try to really understand this because we do seem to have a paradox here. If this is so, and if it's a Shira, most of the divisions of the Parsha, no matter which way we break it up, because there are some differences of opinion, but the bottom line is that except for the earliest parts of the Parsha and the very, very last part of the Shira, everything here talks about things that are related to Golos, things that are related to problems, things that are related to suffering, and all kinds of things at that nature. So, if we look at it, the first parts of the Shira really speak about all the good and all the kindness that Hashem did for the Yid. And the very last parts do that as well, because in the very end, Hashem promises us that He did not destroy us, because ultimately we will merit the Geulah. So there we can see that it's a shira, but all the parts in between the very beginning and the very end speak about the tremendous descent into sin, tremendous consequences that are not very positive in their appearance, talks about golos and all the suffering. So how can we say, if we say has the shira every week, and then we learn that it's broken up into six parts and there's a cycle every six weeks, so what about those parts that have in them nothing of Geula, nothing of kindness Hashem did, us, did for us, but only how we sank further and further 
into despair of our own making and how we are going to suffer the consequences. So in order to understand this, we're going to do one more thing. The Rebbe tells us that when we speak about the order, or rather the divisions in the Psukim, and we go through them, so the first one starts with, hey, Hazinu HaShamayim. The second one starts with the Zayin, Zohar Yom The third one starts with the Yud, etc. But there are two different opinions as to how they were divided. In other words, they each start with a respective letter, but at the same time, some of them have in them, according to one opinion, the opinion of the Rambam, that in every single one of them, there is at least something of Geula. But and it, when we, so when we, when we look at this, we still have the question, even though there is, even though there is Tochacha, but that even though there is something that's not Tochacha, but at the same time, it, we cannot call the sections, how do we call the sections that have in them negative, seemingly negative things, why do we call it a Shira? Even if there is a glimpse or a hint of something better, it still does not seem to be a shira. So how do we say that? Every week we say the shira of Hazim. So if we carefully study the Rambam's words when he discusses this, there will be several indications of how the Rambam answers this question and makes us clearly understand that Hazinu is definitely a shira. And by singing it every week, it's really a shira of the highest order. So when the Gemara discusses this, because of course everything is based on what comes in the Gemara. So the Gemara says like this, these are the words. So we'll pay careful attention to the words and we will see the distinctions between the Rambam and the Gemara. The, the Gemara says like this, when they brought the Karban Musaf of Shabbos, Mahoyu Omrim, what did they say? So the Gemara says, that for Ponon, seven, the name of Rab, Hazib Loch, as we said, split into six sections, each one with the letter that's represented in the order of the of the Rosh Tevos, the beginning letters, Hezayin Yud Vav Lamed Chof, and then we continue, Ba'amar Rafkanan Bechorun Rafkanan, then continues to say, Kederech Shachalukin Kan, the way the Psukim are divided here, the way the Aliyos to the Torah are divided here, this is exactly the way they are divided when we read the Torah in Shul. The Rambam says the same thing but with slightly different wording. The Rambam says, the Musafe Shabbos, when we bring the Karban Musaf of Shabbos, Omrim Shiraz Hazinu. We say the Shira of Hazinu, the Chalkin Osa Lashisha Prakim, and we split it into six sections that are called Hazivloch. The same way that six people read it in Shul, and every Shabbos we say a Perek, and the Rambam adds words that the Gemara doesn't even indicate in an open way. Gamru Hashira, the Shisha Shabbosos, where the Shira is concluded. In six weeks, Chosrin Laroche. So now let's see what they're both essentially saying the same thing, but really there are certain distinctions. The first distinction the Rebbe points out in the Mishnah, it says like this. I'm sorry, the Rambam changes the following. In the Gemara it says like this. In the order we find the difference. In the Gemara it says, the way we split the Parsha here, 
That's how we split the parsha in the shul, showing that the division in the shul is based on the division of how the parsha was divided into six parts when the Levim would sing it in the cycle of six Shabbosim in the Beis HaMikdosh. But the Rambam says the opposite. The Rambam says it's divided here the way it's divided in the shul. So that's one difference. Another thing, the Gemara says, the parsha here is chalukim. It is split into six parts. But the Rambam doesn't use that word. The Rambam says, korin oso. We, six people, read it in the Beis HaKnesos. So that's one difference in the order. And the second difference is, the Rambam adds, in the beginning, when he starts to discuss this, he says, that on Musaf of Shabbos, Omrim Shiraz Hazinu Hazivloch, we say the Shirav Hazinu, the way it's broken down into this six letters in this order. And in the Gemara, it only says Hazivloch. When the carbon is brought, we say Hazivloch. At the end of the Rambam, the Rambam adds something that the Gemara doesn't say. Gamru Hashiraz, we said a moment ago, when the Shira is completed in six Shabbosim, six weeks, we go back and we start again. Now, by the Rambam doing this and changing the wording of the Gemara and changing the order of what comes first and what comes second, do we read it in Shul the way they read it in the Beis HaMikdash or did they read it in the Beis HaMikdash in the order we read it in Shul? That's one thing. And why does he add this? So let's see. The way the Rambam says it indicates that the shira that was sung every Shabbos was not a shira in itself, that every single Shabbos we sang a particular shira, each one made up of a part. But the Rambam says, the Musafi Shabbos, Omrim Shiraz Hazinu. In the Musafim of Shabbos, we say the song of Hazinu. All the parts of Hazinu are one song, not that we sing six different parts because there's six different songs, because there's only one song of Hazinu, and all together, the six parts, the six weeks, create one entity, one object, one thing. There's a song of Hazinu that happens to be read six in six different parts. In other words, the Levium who sing it they sing only one part each, but never is the whole shira considered to be sung every week. The whole shira is completed after six weeks. And it's one command, one mitzvah, to read the shira of Hazinu over a period of six weeks. And therefore, the Rambam says, the Rambam adds to the Gemara, Cholkim osa l'shisha prokim. We split the reading of Hazinu, the singing of the Beis Hamikdash, into six sections. Hazivloch, kederach shekorin osa shisha bebeis haknesses, the same way that six people are called up to the Torah when it's read in shul, and he emphasized not so much the place where it's split, but the point is we have a mitzvah to read it, and just in the shul it's split into six. And the six together create one Kriya of the Shira. That's how we do it in the Beis Hamikdash. We do it by saying a Perek every Shabbos, 
just like we read the parsha of Hazinu every Shabbos in Shul, that's what we do. Six people read it, and when the six people finish, the Shira is completed. So, when do we conclude it in Shul? We conclude the Shira after the six people get called up to the Torah. And in the Beis Hamikdash, the Gamru Hashira, when was the Shira completed? When the six weeks were over and the six portions were sung, then we knew that the whole shira had been completed and then we're ready to start again in the week that follows. Now, being that the law of the shira that we sing, again, does not indicate that every Shabbos it's a different song, it's a different thing, because then we could think each one sings whatever they want, whenever they want. But we say the Shira Hazinu in a period of six weeks and the whole Shira becomes one unit. It's one song. It's not six separate songs, which we could think maybe otherwise. But that's why the Rambam says, Gamru Hashira Bashisha Shabbosos. When we complete the read the singing of reading of the song, the singing of the song of the Beis Hamikdash, Khosrin Laroche, we go back to the beginning, we start the song again. Now, how do we understand this? What does it mean that the whole Hazinu as a unit is one point and it is a Shira even though most of it does not seem to be a Shira at all. And the more we look at it, the more we see if we learn the Psukim, if we learn them with Rashi or with the Mepharshim, we have details and details of Tochacha, of rebuke and things that don't seem to be a Shira at all. But being that the six parts comprise one Shira, we learn here that all the details of the Shira, even the parts of it that are tochacha, even the parts that speak about our sins, and even the parts that speak about the consequences for those sins, what do they really do? They bring out the following. Not only what's written in the beginning, which seems to be something nice for us, where we say early on, Hatsur Tamim Polo, that Hashem, our solid rock, everything He does is complete and wholesome, everything he does is just, he's a God in whom we believe, and there's never anything bad, and he's righteous, and he's fair. That's in the beginning, but this is not really something that calls forth a shira. But every single thing that happens to a yid, even things that seem to be the opposite of good, Hashem has one goal, no matter what happens to us, no matter how it appears to us or to anyone else, the goal of everything that happens to us, the Rebbe says, is the Geula HaMitis V'Hashleima Be'achris HaYomim. Every stage in our history is a step, is a step closer, is a step to how we rise from level to level to ultimately reach the ultimate perfected good for Yidin. And when that will happen, when we've gone through all the stages, we will ultimately see in the world to come the Malchus of Hashem B'Shleimus. It will all be revealed to us. So now we have to understand what is really the connection of this and what is really the reason that we need six weeks to complete the Shira. And if you want to explain this Bipnimius from an interview according to Chsidus, so we're going to do this by comparing the Shira of Hazinu, which is one Shira made up of six parts of what happens to the Yidin in different stages in our history, 
we're going to compare this to something else to the song of the day we have a whole week and we sing Sher Shel Yom and the Sher Shel Yom follows a pattern similar to the Shira of Hazinu where each day is part of a song of a weekday that all leads into Shabbos and similarly every single part of Hazinu ultimately leads to the ultimate Shabbos, the Shabbos of Mashiach. How do we understand this? So I think most of us are familiar with the song of the day and here very quickly the Rebbe goes through a major theme of the song of the day each week. What is it and how does it com- connect to each of the corresponding six parts, the first to the first, the second to the second in Parshav Hazinu. So let's see. What do we say in the Shir Shiyom, in the song of the day of the first day of the week? We say the Perik of Tom that begins with the words, La Hashem Ha'aretzum Loa. The world and its entirety belongs to Hashem. The second day we speak about how Hashem is great, Gadol Hashem Hulon Ma'od. Each one of these songs expresses different things Hashem does or Hashem did that reveal godliness in the world. And Shabbos, which is the seventh, following the sixth, which is not a time of creation, but it's a time when Hashem rested from His work, is something above work, something above creation. So this reveals the revelations of Hashem that's connected Torah and the Jew, to Torah and the Jewish people, the way we are way above creation. So now let's see. Just like when we sing the song of the day regarding creation and all the different elements of it. So we have six parts, six days that represent or commemorate or celebrate the six days of the week. Similarly, the six parts of Shiraz Hazinu are revelations of Hashem regarding the Jewish people and Torah. As we say that the Shira had to be written, we learned this before we even get to the Shira, at the end of Parshish Vayela, that it should be a testimonial to the fact of the relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people and this should never ever be forgotten. So let's go to the Shira Shalyom. What do we say on the first day? We just mentioned it as an introduction, so now we'll speak about it a little bit more. The Perak of Tilim, Hashem Ha'aretz Loa, the world in its entire fullness, belongs to Hashem. And what does this really mean? So we look into the commentaries and the discussions of the Gemara, and it says, Hashem Kana Hikna Veshalat Balamo, Hashem bought the world, acquired the world, and He dominates the world. So what does this mean? That the entire world is Hashem's, it's His acquisition. And he dominates and rules the world. And similarly, what do we say in the first part of Hazinu, the first Aliyah, the first week of the sixth? What do we say the first one? We speak about the Yidin, we speak about Torah. The second Pasuk tells us, that my Torah should drip down like rain. And here we learn that Hashem says, uh, as we learned it in Rashi, Rashi says, the Torah that I gave to the Yidden brings life to the world, just like rain that drips down brings life to the world. Or it says a little bit further in that section, Hashem is your father, Hashem is your solid rock, Hashem made you, Hashem prepared you, and everything about it is connected to Hashem, just like everything in the world is connected to Hashem. What do we say on the second day of the week? Godol Hashem ma'od har Hashem is great, Hashem is praised, 
Be'ir Elokeinu in the city of our God, Harkotcho on his holy mountain. If we look into the Chumash, what happened on the second day? On the second day, Hashem split his creation and dominated it. Hashem separated the upper and the lower waters. He made the firmament. He made the Shamayim. And it shows that Hashem revealed himself in this creation. And therefore we say in the second part of Hazinu that when Hashem was planning out the world and created different people, he made divisions, he made splits, he made boundaries for all the different nations, he made 70 nations for the 70 Yidden that would come out ultimately to form the Jewish people. And we learn how we accepted Hashem's Malchus and we learn about all the wonderful things that Hashem did for us which is a similar idea to God al Hashem Ma'od. It's all about praising Hashem for choosing us, making us, looking after us. What happened on the third day? So on the third day, we learn at first that Hashem asked the waters to move to the side and the dry land to be visible because everything was submerged in water. All the masses of land, all the continents were submerged in water. And the word was created. And Hashem asked that the Oretz, the physical earth be revealed, the physical earth representing everything of a lower level, things where godliness is not so obvious and it's hidden. We say the Perik of Tilim of the third day of the week, Elohim Nitzav Vadas Kel, Hashem stands in the congregation of the judges, Bekarav Elohim Yishpot, and with his presence he, ju- he judges, or the judges judge, and his presence could be different interpretations, but it shows about justice, judgment, it shows about Gvura in the world and this is that Hashem hides himself but then he judges because we don't necessarily see him and because the earth which represents the hiddenness of the world the nature, Hateva, that becomes revealed and that's what we say in the third part of Hazinu that the Jewish people sort of forgot about Hashem if we look into the third section and they the says, You forgot God who created you, who used you out, who made you be in the first place. What happens on the fourth day? So on the fourth day, we know that Hashem created the great luminaries, the sun, the moon, and the stars. So we say the Shir Shalyom, the Perak of Tilim, that says that Hashem is a God of vengeance. Kel Nekomos Hashem is a God of vengeance. Kel Nekomos Sophia, and the God of vengeance is appearing. And here, our Chachamim tell us, what does this mean? That's the day Hashem created the sun and the moon. And of course, people decided to worship these, etc. And ultimately, Hashem will punish those who serve them. Similarly, in the fourth part of Hazinu, we learn the punishments that will accrue to the Jewish people because of all the sins that they will have done. What happens on the fifth day? On the fifth day, we say, We should sing songs to Hashem, who is our strength, and we should blow the trumpets to the God of Yaakov. And this is already words of the Chama. It's words, it's a peric that speaks about comfort and consolation. And that's why we praise Hashem. What do we say uh, on the sixth day? On the sixth day we say Hashem Malach Geus Lovish Lovish Hashem Osis Azar Vigomer. 
on the sixth day we say that Hashem is passionate.